welcome to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. Have you ever had that feeling that up is down and down is up? You know what I mean, where what you expect to happen or what you think will happen suddenly isn't? That's how Maya feels. Maya and Nikki are identical twins and are named after their mother's favorite poets, Their father is a community activist, always helping someone somewhere, many of them Maya and Nikki's friends. Maya has always loved her neighborhood in Portland, but over the last four years or so, there have been changes, many that Nikki, her sister, seems to embrace, but ones that have Maya concerned. After all, how does one feel when the white people who once fled the area now decide it's okay to start putting up specialty shops and landlords who decide they don't want to rent anymore but would rather sell a home that Maya's best friend Essence has lived in her whole life just across the street? And how is Maya supposed to feel when Nikki befriends the new white family that moves into Essence's old home? It just feels like more and more, Maya and Nikki are on a divergent path, which is really upsetting to Maya. After all, they plan to go to Spelman, a very famous college for black women. And that's not all. Maya's beginning to question her relationship with Devin, a really smart, studious black boy that she's been dating for a while, especially since she begins to realize the only things they really have in common are the fact that they're both dedicated and black. Is that really what makes a relationship? And what's even more confusing is as Maya begins to get sucked into the family that moved into Essence's old house across the street, she starts realizing she has a lot in common with Tony, who's white. One afternoon, she's at Tony's house and something comes on the TV. And for Maya, it brings up something that she has to deal with every day. The reporter goes over the details. Customers and bank employees are being held hostage. Police cars surround the bank. The reporter looks into the camera and says, We have reason to believe that there is more than one suspect in the bank. Mrs. Jacob whimpers, Oh no, oh God. Tony picks up the remote. This is depressing, Dad. Can I turn it? Mr. Jacob says no. The more the reporter says, the more anxious Mrs. Jacobs becomes. She is standing over the stove, cooking and praying. Dear God, please don't let anyone get hurt. Please protect everyone in there. The reporter standing outside the bank says, We've just confirmed the identity of one of the suspects. He is believed to be... Oh God, I think to myself, please don't let him be black. Please. I hold my breath. Tony changes the channel before the anchor woman finishes her sentence. This is just going to drive you crazy, Mom, he says. Let's watch something else. He flips through the stations. Mr. Jacobs takes his beer and goes to his bedroom. Let me know when dinner is ready, will you? I hate that the first thought that came to my mind was if the suspect was black. But ever since I was a child, I've carried the shame and pride of my black brothers and sisters. When a black person fails or succeeds, it means something. All my life, strangers have come up to Dad in a store, at the mall, or at the church to tell him how proud they are of him. It's good to know there's a good black man taking care of his family and doing something positive, they say. They never just call him a man. He is always a black man. I wonder, if he were white, would his accomplishments seem so significant? 
This Side of Home by Renee Watson.